Well, it finally happened. After 15 years, Bitcoin has finally entered into the mainstream. And it's a landmark moment. For better or worse, the SEC approval of ETFs in the United States legitimizes Bitcoin as an investment vehicle, and things are going to get even more interesting in the future. Of course, adoption is happening in other parts of the world as well. Argentina sees its first rental agreement to be paid in Bitcoin, and Poland is lining up to issue crypto regulation. A new device called the Rabbit has us very excited about having a personal AI assistant, and only three crypto bull dragons remain in the NFT collection that will allow holders to participate in a special meeting with your favorite Scottish landowners, your lards. Don't hit snooze, it's time for the news, bad news that is, on our Bitcoin Goes Mainstream episode number 709 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. There should be fanfare and confetti everywhere because this is a huge moment in the world of cryptocurrency. We will mark the day that Bitcoin has gone mainstream. Here at the Bad Crypto Podcast, I'm Joel Kahn. That's Travis Wright, your favorite Scottish lardasses on landowners. How you doing, Trav? Is that the music you use? Is that... Is that... <laughs> you know, I think I look at it from, from a couple of different ways. Is that, um, you know, it it could be really good for us long term, but then it's also wild to see, you know, governments getting their fingers entrenched into it all, you yeah. know? And so, and then, you know, there's another article we're going to talk about later on about how, you know, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink is like, I'm a big believer in Bitcoin. And mm -hmm. like, he was against it so much. And so, so something doesn't feel right to my spidey senses. Once a fink, always a fink. Right, right. I mean, you think about it. If the ETFs are legit and the money that's going into it is going to hold Bitcoin, it could be very, very valuable. I mean, it could be a big thing. If it becomes a scenario and they just kind of pull the rug and now it becomes like paper silver or paper gold is and there's just it can be easily manipulated, that won't be good. So yeah. I think I'm I'm kind of looking at this as going, hmm, all right. Well, I think this could be really good. This, I mean, I'm more excited about the having, you know, overall. But I do think that more and more people are going to look at Bitcoin and crypto as a legitimate industry. So I'm down with that. And we'll have discussion about that. I'll see what I did have because you said having. We'll have discussion about that. And we're going to take a look at the news. Make sure you stick around. There's only three crypto bull dragons left. And you're going to want to know how to get one so you can participate in a special meeting with Sir Lord Travis and myself. But now let's get to the news. The timing of the stamp is the 15th of January, 2024. We are officially in the future, folks. <laughs> it is uh, one, uh, 212. 
p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. CoinGecko says the market cap is $1.766 trillion. Bitcoin currently 42736 Ethereum 2536 BNB 317 Solana 95 XRP inching up to $0.58. Cents. Cardano 53 cents and Avalanche is rounding out the top 10 at $36 with Dogecoin, Polkadot, Tron, and Chainlink not too far behind. Trav, it feels like every time we release an episode, there is then a big move. Like, I think we released the episode and last week Bitcoin was at 45. It went up to 49, you know, like right after we released it. We're going to release this by the morning when the episode releases. We'll either be down to 38 or up to 45. I have no idea. We are market movers, clearly. <laughs> and you're welcome, folks. You're welcome. So there's been some big winners over the last week. So the, this last week is weird. We got big mass adoption and then it hit a, it hit a, a, a peak and then it dropped down to i think i saw bitcoin go hit hit almost 40 at one point right it does a little did a little dip and come back up but uh over the last seven days uh the ethereum name service ens is up 74 percent 166 percent over the last 30 days sui sui uh, up 65%, up 120% over the last 30 days. So that's interesting. Over the last seven days, helium is up 41%, uh, down 10% though over the last 30 days. So that's a peculiar one. Celestia up 38%, Tezos up 35%. Uh, this one makes sense to me. Ethereum Classic up about 35% also. Blur, uh, it was an NFT platform uh, the uh, store. That's up 33%, Bonk up 31%. So there's a lot of them that are sort of popping up and popping off. And so, you know, um, it's interesting to watch this space. And, you know, every time there's been a bull run, there's always some of these coins that end up just doing massive things. And so we're trying to figure out which one those are going to be, because every time it's a little bit different and where are you going to hedge your bets and where are you, you going to put your cryptos at, folks? And so, popping in and popping off. That's what Travis is doing. So uh, JP Morgan, you know, of course, Jamie Dimon still doesn't like Bitcoin, and yet they are taking plenty of their investors' money, and they're seeing a big move from their existing crypto products into the new Bitcoin uh, spot ETFs. Up to $36 billion are what can be attracted, according to Grayscale's uh, well, actually, who said this? Uh, a report. There's a report that said it. We don't know who the report is, but the report says they expect an inflow of 36 billion in Bitcoin because of these ETFs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of money out there. If you think about it, like mm, there's just trillions of dollars out there in these spaces that they're saying, like, what's going on with some of this stuff here? Some of these little products. 30, 30 billion maybe might be inflowing. But over time, when you start throwing in Fidelity and some of these other ones, there's just going to be a huge, huge shift. Uh, JP Morgan's saying there could be another 20 billion maybe coming in. And and then Grayscale's having some interesting things going on as well because there's a lot of people leaving that that project mm -hmm. right there. So I think that I got out of it before the, the ETF, which was not good because then it ended up going up, but then it's gone back down. Actually, a lot of people are leaving Vanguard because Vanguard is saying they won't carry these crypto products at all. And so people that want to invest are like, well, I guess we'll take our money elsewhere. And I really hope they feel the pinch on it that uh, they end up bringing it back in. Meanwhile, as we discussed last week, the race is on. 
right? Because they're, you know, it's not a exactly a zero sum game, but there's only so many people willing to invest in these Bitcoin spot ETFs at the moment. And so you've got 11 different ETFs out there and they are wanting to acquire those clients because, you know, you can build a client for a lifetime. Right. Especially uh, if they put them into retirement or something. Apparently, the first day of Bitcoin spot ETF attracted six hundred fifty five million dollars in net flows. And you've got Bitwise, Fidelity. Um, they're at the uh, the front and the race is on. You could see the chart right here from that first day of what took place. Yeah, it is definitely interesting to watch this thing go. And, and I think maybe there's too many of these right now you know what i mean i mean look at like 95 billion outflowed from the from from grayscale's bitcoin trust flowing into some of these other ones and that was just in day one and then over the course of the week there's been you know billions of dollars poured into this so far and um i think what we'll probably see in my guess joel i mean like wisdom tree bitcoin fund, i it, it nah it didn't even get a million dollars like some of these are just gonna go away right well some of the bigger ones, I would assume, over the uh, you know maybe six, nine, maybe. I don't know. They might also have a slow game. They might not be rushing out to get it. You've got a lot of organizations and a lot of family offices that are going to be meeting over this. They're not just going to jump right in. They're going to like catch wind of the fact that hey guys, you know this uh, uh, spot ETFs are now available. Let's discuss. Let's let's vote on this. Let's you know have uh, decisions if we're going to put money into it. And I think we're going to see a slow and steady. What we did see is Bitcoin pop up to forty nine thousand dollars, and right now we're sitting at about forty two and a half. So you know the question was: Is the news built into the price already? And the answer is yes. The news for the approval, the pending approval of the spot ETFs was built in to the price. People are taking some profits, makes purple sense, purple sense, also perfect sense. Um, but if your sense is purple, it makes that also. But you are correct, Trav, the halving is due to happen um, in April sometime. In fact, I know you've got access to a site that tells you when that's supposed to happen. If you can find the countdown on that, uh, I'd be really curious to know what the uh, what the the target date is i believe it was somewhere near the end of april and that has always been a bigger indicator of you know where the bull market is going to take place than um these etfs this etf thing was just a bonus and it's us entering into you know the mainstream but the having that's a big deal mm -hmm. well some of it's saying uh, this one right here, there's one on nice hash that tells us when we think it's probably going to be. I know I've seen late April. We've seen middle of May. Right now, it's targeting uh, at uh, May 14th, which okay. is, the, is the current date. So about 100, by the time this thing releases, it'll be about 118 days away. So that's the, you know, just, just depending on how long those blocks get solved. And it's not always as as quick. Some of them, are, they take a little bit longer. So we shall see. We will know this. We'll keep an eye on this. This is probably something that we will add to our coin gecko in the early part of each episode. We go, oh, only X amount of days left until Christmas time. Mm -hmm. it's good. Now, you know, we're always telling people not your keys, not your crypto, and that you should hold your crypto in a cold storage and not on exchanges. Well, with ETF custody, 
Uh, it's it's kind of similar, only you're not really holding the Bitcoin itself. Um, and so there's an article here on Cointelegraph that kind of explains what is the difference between having your crypto on an exchange and they're the custodian versus having spot Bitcoin ETF custody. And yep. so, you know, what, what's your understanding, Trav, of, you know, how ETF custody works? Well, I wanted to sort of drill this down as if we were, you know, 12 years old. And uh, well, so we I, are. So that makes uh, sense. So I asked, actually, I asked Twitter's Brock. It's the new AI within Twitter mm. playing around with that. And it said this. So imagine you have a special super secure piggy bank where you keep your most valuable coins. Well, this piggy bank is so unique that it has several compartments, right? It's like little vaults and only certain trusted people know how to open up each one. So they're saying this is how the spot ETFs, the exchange traded funds, keep their Bitcoin safe. So instead of using regular methods like a normal bank account where they're just putting all the cryptos into one account and imagine if that got hacked, that would be crazy. So they got to take a little bit more advanced, secure methods to secure the Bitcoin. So they split the Bitcoin into different digital compartments. They make sure it's super safe. And they're saying even if something bad happens to the company managing it, your Bitcoin, in theory, is still protected and it can't get mixed up with anybody else's. This is what they're saying. This is how it's working. This is what the SEC says they need to put these kind of things in place. Is that accurate for the long term? I don't know. This is what they're saying to us, to our faces, but I don't always trust what they say. But that's kind of how the ballpark of that's going to work is... I kind of remind reminds me of when the Winklevi, the twins, right? When they went out and they had their Bitcoin and then they said, well, here's our here's our first half of our code for this. And we're going to go put this over here in this vault over here and this. Over. So they took they didn't put all their X amount of Bitcoins into one basket. They split it up into multiple places and different vaults and different banks and, di and their passcodes to different places. Has to be a nightmare to have to go through all of that. But early on, you had to do some of that stuff. So hopefully now these things are secure and we don't hear like, oh, my God, the Fidelity you know, ETF or Bitcoin was hacked. Like, we don't want that. So that, that's so it's going to be interesting to, to watch this. We definitely do not want that. You know, you mentioned uh, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock before, and he is saying that Bitcoin is bigger than any government. Well, welcome to the party, uh, dude, because we've been saying this for, well, forever of course, Satoshi knew this. He's calling Bitcoin digital gold and, and, quote, unlike gold where we manufacture new gold, we're almost at the ceiling of most of the amount of Bitcoin that could be created. And he also sees value in Ethereum ETFs, which I think explains, you know, why people are bullish right now in Ethereum. And we're seeing that even though Bitcoin has been falling, uh, Ethereum is holding up at $2,500 or so. Because there'll probably be an ETF popping off for that just before we know it. And so I don't know what made Fink change his mind on Bitcoin, but he's saying it's not a currency. It's di digital gold. It's an asset class, right? So what, 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 what is, what's going on? on Look at this right here, Trev. He says, if you're in a country where you're fearful of your future, fearful of your government, or you're frightened that your government is devaluing its currency by too many deficits, you can say this is a great potential long-term store of value. It's digital gold. You know, that's just, it's so interesting because, you know, BlackRock has so many deals with the government and they're well aware yeah. of why we should be fearful Some of our government. It's the investment arm of the Rothschild family, right? Yeah. I mean, they're holding over $10 trillion. They could literally come in and, and buy up everything as much as possible and just do crazy shit to the market because they have so much money available to them. 
crazy. So this is uh, this this is happening. And, you know, what's going to happen? Uh, you know, when Trump was president, he wasn't a fan of crypto. And uh, at least one lawmaker thinks that he'll be a lot more crypto friendly in a second term. Don uh, Tom Emmer, U.S. House of Representatives from Minnesota, a says that this could bring about more favorable regulation. And I think that that's probably likely because of the ETFs right now that these are recognized as true investment vehicles by the, some of the world's biggest financial institutions, then he's going to, he would want ultimately what's uh, what's best for the economy. Of course, they're not going to let him be president. Well, I mean, if, if he did come back, it could generate some ridiculous returns and big highs for Bitcoin. There's a lot of people in the crypto market that that like Trump, right? There are they they don't necessarily maybe they don't necessarily like Trump, but they like freedom. They like they don't like censorship. They like things to be decentralized. I mean, we know the general, uh, you know, how people are when it comes to to wanting to be in the, in the crypto space. What what our ethos is, and so we don't like control. We don't like a lot of these. A lot of these mechanisms that traditional government puts on on us and even the, the Federal Reserve Bank and all these other things that are going on. So, you know, originally, I don't know that he knows enough about it because it didn't seem like he knew a lot about it before. And so, I mean, I mean, Scaramucci was a dude who was there for a little while and he left and he became big into crypto. Right. But is Trump listening? I don't know. He's getting old now. He's what is he? Seventy six. Seventy. I think he's 80 or 79 or 80. I don't know. Looks pretty good, though, for, for an old dude. Like, uh, anyway, that's enough political commentary. Uh, you know, of course, before the ETF was approved, uh, allegedly the SEC Twitter <clears throat> X account was hacked and an announcement came out pre prematurely. Now there's been some investigation into what actually happened. And uh, they're saying that they never lost access to the account even though we believed it was a rogue account that posted it they tweeted on last tuesday that the agency approved a number of spot bitcoin exchange traded fund applications and the message was shown to be faked by somebody who was able to gain access with a phone number saying that there was no 2fa on it and now they're saying that they never lost access to the account because they deleted the fake post and they mm -hmm. shared an update within 30 minutes. Um, yeah. So maybe sure. it was just premature um, Bitcoinification over there. And they were like, yeah, the ET, uh, uh, oh, wait, hold on. You got to wait till tomorrow. Because it was weird because he came out and he said, uh, the, what was wild was he said, oh, the Bitcoin thing's been approved. Bitcoin shot up. And then Gary Gensler said, no, we're not approving it. And it tanked. 90 it, million in liquidations right weird. there. 90 just from that like and they're here to protect us gang sec is here to protect you and your money and they put out fake news and cost uh people 90 million dollars so there you go that's your government at work yeah thanks time. gary gensler Appreciate just some that. interesting news though some potential news so you know back in the day we've talked about stock to flow model so what does that mean is the amount of bitcoin that are in circulation versus the new inflow of bitcoin that's going to be created you know, after the having, right? So after the having, half of it, less Bitcoin's coming in. So, you know, they're talking about a, a potentiality based on the Bitcoin stock to flow model, which has been relatively accurate historically. It's saying that, you know, there's a potential of $532,000 Bitcoin price this cycle. And that seems really high to me 
Joel? So the stock to flow model is this idea. It, it examines the relationship between supply production and the current stock available, essentially calculating Bitcoin's value through scarcity. So the guy who um, uh, is talking about using the S2F model in uh, 2019, when Bitcoin was 4,000, he said it was going to hit 55. Well, it hit 69 on that next run. And now with Bitcoin above 40, he's saying the same model predicts $532,000 of Bitcoin after the 2024 um, halving takes place. Here's why I think it's possible. I think it's unlikely, but I think it's possible because we have now entered the mainstream, right? If you've got uh, less than 1% that are pioneers, less than 6% that are early adopters, that means the great uh, multitude live in the middle, in the mainstream. And if we're just at the beginning of that and this thing starts moving after the having, like math tells us it's going to, then I could easily see everybody like this won't just be like last time where, you know, mom and pop wanted to jump in and, and play with a little bit. Now that it's being legitimized, who's not going to want to play and catch this bull run? And so that could move the price real fast. Mm -hmm. If they are holding the Bitcoin in those ETF funds, right? Well, now we know that's not the case with gold, right? You know? And so we know that's not the case with silver. They're not holding it. And so if they are holding it and then they have to go out and buy Bitcoin and then nobody's selling it, right? Well, then the price is going to keep going up and going up until somebody goes, okay, you know what? I'll sell my Bitcoin at 150, boom, right? But, you know, so I think that that's maybe why Bitcoin has been down, uh, had been down is because they were trying to gather and get as much of it as possible on the lower end because here we are at 40K plus now. And my God, if it goes up to, you know, even if it 10Xs and goes up to 400,000, I would look at it like this, Joel, you know, the total, what is the total market cap right now of Bitcoin? It's less than a trillion dollars, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and if you look at the total market cap of gold, I've seen it seven to $10 trillion, right? So if Bitcoin ends up getting up there and right now, the total market cap is 800, roughly $850 billion. I think Bitcoin could go to five. I think Bitcoin could go to five trillion dollars. That yeah. doesn't seem unreasonable to me. Like having a total market cap of Bitcoin being five trillion and the total market cap of all cryptos being ten trillion, that doesn't seem unreasonable to me. Well, it definitely doesn't seem unreasonable in say ten years. Is it unreasonable in one year? In five years? Seems too it, quick for that. But I mean, look at what's happened every other time, dude. I mean, it's yeah, it popped. I mean. I mean, even the, even the 2017 bull run, it hit almost, it hit like 800 and something billion dollars and then it pulled down. The last bull run, it hit what, almost 3 trillion or a little over 3 trillion? That would yeah. tell me that the total market cap of crypto this time could hit easily 6, 7, 10 trillion. I mean, well, I don't know. How big are we going to go? I don't the know. The market cap. This is all just a guess. Market cap in the last bull run, all crypto did three trillion, but Bitcoin was one point two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the twenty total market cap of crypto in the twenty eighteen bull run, Bitcoin went was about three hundred and one billion. So we're sitting at eight hundred and forty two billion today, um, and that was you know that was a top back then. So 
I, I do think it's uh, it's certainly possible, and we're seeing signs around the rest of the world. Of course, the world does not center around the United States. We're only 380 million people out of a world with about 8 billion in it. And while we are a financial powerhouse, we're not the only one. But there are signs elsewhere. A Bitcoin rent agreement has been signed um, with a Bitcoin contract in Argentina. A landlord and a tenant have uh, have signed up he's going to pay his monthly rent in bitcoin it's a formal agreement it's the first of its kind in argentina the new uh, president there has passed uh, law amendments saying that hey we're going to be friendly to crypto now and so go uh, go javier malay way to go right and that tells me like wow rent is really high in america Compared to Argentina, <laughs> good Lord, $100? Wow. That must be a shithole place they're renting uh, unless Argentina, the economy is just, I thought I thought everything was expensive there. But no. I guess I guess with Javier coming in, this could pave the way, yeah, for more uh, rental agreements, more just uh, loan agreements, right? All kinds of things that could pop up. Like imagine you're paying for your car, like, all right, well, you got to pay $480 for your, your car uh, payment each month, but you can pay that in Bitcoin, whatever the strike price of Bitcoin is at that moment. Yeah, because overall, like if companies that were doing that, like they win in the end. Because imagine if, like, remember that when that dude bought those two, the ten thousand uh, Bitcoin for the pizza, two pizzas back in the day. Right. Like, yeah, I'll take you to, I'll take ten thousand Bitcoin for your pizzas. Like your worthless no brainer. Yeah, I'll take your worthless currency. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And uh, in Poland, this is happening. They're set to introduce comprehensive crypto regulation bill in line with the EU standards. And so, you know, more and more governments are going to follow in this way to go, hey, this is here. Uh, there's no stopping it. We need to find out how are we going to use this in our society. So Poland is is just another one. You could read more from this story as well as all of the stories in our show notes. They're all there with detailed notes for you at badco.in forward slash 709. Uh, what's going on here in the Terra lawsuit with Binance and the SEC? Yes, there's a lot of stuff going on, particularly around this. So Binance is, is denying allegations of misleading their users. Um, they're arguing that the SEC is misinterpreting things um, and trying to stretch the Howey test beyond what its original scope was. And they're saying, hey, Terra has its own unique circumstances that doesn't apply to what we're doing. Right. Terra was scamming stuff and it had its own coin, the USDT token, UST token. Right. And they were they were doing some crazy stuff and they're trying to apply what happened to Terra to them. And they're saying, no, that's not what that's not what happened. And so they're, they're thinking it's looking like potentially a, de a decision is going to favor Binance on that. That could be really good for the industry. And if they come after Binance. That would not be good because Binance is one of the stalwarts of the industry right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like Coinbase and Binance are the, I mean, who's big, who's bigger than those, right? I Circle, mean, Circle's doing some interesting stuff with, you know, maybe launching an IPO mm -hmm. here coming up on their stable coin. But Binance is one of the big, big guys. And we don't, I don't want to see that. I, I hope they were doing everything right because I don't want to see them go down. Right. Well, you know, there's definitely some of the, the Bitcoin purists would not be unhappy to see all exchanges centralized exchanges go away right because the very core concept of bitcoin is decentralization but 
Um, it would, if something happened to Binance, it would definitely be bad in the short term. It would be mm-hmm. another black swan event that would cause all kinds of fear and uncertainty and doubt. And guess what? Bitcoin would still survive. It still would not go away. The uh, Consumer Electronics Show 2024 just took place in Las Vegas. And Sir Lord Travis came upon a super interesting AI-based piece of technology that was apparently a huge hit over there called the Rabbit. What is this device, Travis, that the moment you showed it to me, I saw the price and what it does, I, I pre-ordered one. Yeah, well, it's this new AI um, dildo. It's called the Rabbit. <laughs> Wait, is that different? Oh, that's a different Rabbit. That's a different Rabbit. Um, has nothing to do with being I a I did not order one of those. <laughs> <laughs> He's Just like, oh, my clear. God, it does this? <laughs> <laughs> it comes it comes with attachments and so will you <laughs> wow so this is good. so will you <laughs> so this right here is a really interesting device so this rabbit is its own little square tool right and this is essentially an ai powered assistant and pocket sized and it has a, a little camera on it it has a scroll wheel a usb port you can plug in a sim has a microphone has has speakers so it's kind of like a phone but this is it goes beyond the llm the large language models and goes into a large action model which so right now we're in this app based ecosystem like oh i got to go on uber i got to go book an uber right? Or I got to go do this and I'm going to need to book a flight, right? Well, you got to go into the different apps. None of the apps talk to one another. So imagine a world where the apps talk to one another, or you're mm-hmm. able to navigate the apps and say, hey, literally they were showing them. They're like, all right, I need to get an Uber to the airport. Um, you give me a regular Uber. And it says, all right, regular Uber for whatever. No, confirm, confirm, boom. And so you basically log into your accounts on the back end, from what I understand, and you're going to have a desktop sort of interface and you can log into Spotify, you can log into all these different apps, and then they're going to be able to start communicating with one another in such a cool, unique way. And that camera is not just a camera, it's a computer, it's computer vision. Mm-hmm. So it can interpret and see what it's looking at and tell you what it's looking at, describe it for you. Like, this is such a cool, interesting device. I don't know that I've seen something like this ever at least in the like there's just gonna it's such a game changer you know well the best part about it to me is it has its own os it's not dependent on ios from apple or google's android system it is its own and the if you'll go to the website and watch the keynote the guy makes the case for how this brings everything together in one device that doesn't require you to have a bunch of apps i mean i've got to have probably 150 apps on my iphone and trying to get what i want i got to find that app this integrates it all and i'm kind of blown away that the pre-order price on it is 199 dollars. so it was a huge you know no-brainer for me to go pick up one of these, I, I hope that they uh, they they come out sooner than later. And Trav, I know that the uh, Apple Vision Pro is getting ready to uh, to come out as well. In fact, if you go to the main page um, on Apple, I'm going to go ahead and pull that up here for our view at home audience. Oh, they got Dr. King on the front page today. They um they had before Martin Luther King Day. The Vision Pro was front and center on it. Here it is. Prepare for pre-order. The pre-order for this actually begins on the 19th um, of this month, which is on Friday. So if you want to pre-order one of these, I believe it's going to be $3,500. 
And I do think it's going to be a big hit. I think people who can't afford it are going to FOMO like crazy and buy this. Um, I am going to be buying one. How about you? Well, I'm building a project. I want to understand it more. So it's like, I, I really think that these AR augmented reality items, and I need to see how the workflow works because I could see some really cool, you know, meditations that you can have inside of this thing that just kind of augment your, the, the, the spiritual energy that we have within us. I think it'd be really cool. So I'm, I'm going to get one as a business expense because I'm, I'm building a thing called spiritual technologies. And I think that, that playing with this is going to give me additional ideas on what all can be done because this is a, a, a really truly a mixed reality. So I have the Quest 3. I like that I can see through it, but I think that the that the Apple version is going to be even better where you're going to where it's going to be all crystal clear and I can literally just place omnipresent sort of things in certain areas and I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be better than the Quest 3. But that price is pretty high, and it's probably not going to be anywhere near as good as the Vision Pro 2 or 3 when it comes out. It's only mm -hmm. going to get better. And so I think that – well, dude, the thing is it's weird to me. is like this new Rabbit R1. I'm like looking at it going, yeah, this is the new – sort of phone of the future that's interacting with all these apps for you and now is is apple better figure something out because siri's dumb as shit and siri is completely worthless at this point so it's almost like with now with the new vision pro thing it's going to be connected to your phone we better get a better interoperability between these and i'm kind of disappointed that apple hasn't done something to make them more interoperable anyway like it seems like they've dropped the ball and steve jobs wouldn't be dropping the ball if that no. was the case. This rabbit thing just put a foot in Google's ass and put a foot in Apple's ass to try to figure out what they're doing. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of those big behemoths come at them and say, we want to buy this for billions. Yeah. I hope it goes all the way up their ass and out the other side, honestly. Uh, from the NFT world, we are seeing signs of life. And of course, I you know I believe that the NFT run is going to accompany the crypto bull run. And OpenSea hopes to recover much of the, the lost customer use and volume that they had. And they are working on OpenSea 2.0, which will customize the interface for certain use cases, showing ticket NFTs on calendar and sorting them by date etc gee that's a good idea that we had what six years ago or so having ticket nfts and and loyalty nfts and they're all uh, there that's all going to happen it's all going to happen and you know i wish uh, Devin and the the team over there good luck with that i would what's good for uh open sea is probably good for the whole nft community yeah you know the, the, and you look and see what happening to blur blurs up 60 percent over the mm -hmm. last seven days or whatever, right? So people are thinking about it and diving in. I think that that OpenSea kind of dropped the ball a couple of times along the way and, you know, Blur's picking it up and doing what they're doing. So, you know, crypto is fun when NFT frenzy is going crazy, dude. Whenever, oh my God, a new mint's going, this, 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 this. Like, that was a crazy time, but it's, yeah. it's not just these PFPs. They got to have utility, Joel. Where's my uh, my open C tokens, right? right? I mean, that's that's why Blur was able to make yeah. it. Uh, finally, if you guys have not yet picked up your crypto bull dragon, well, you can't get this guy crypto crypto uh, 
Cryptornicus is sold out. Arcane Ledger, somebody got them. Bulls Aldrin, gone. Regis Orum, gone. In fact, most of them are gone. There's 24 in the collection. Only Crypto Winter Warlock. Maybe nobody wants to think about the Crypto Winter because we just made it through. Queen Etheria and uh, Queen Seraphina are the only three of the 24 that are remaining. And having one of these 24 is going to give you access to a special private meeting that we're going to do with holders of this in early February. So once they are sold out and acquired, and I imagine that's going to happen pretty quickly now since you guys are hearing this, we yeah. will uh, probably drop an NFT to the holders of this and put in on uh, Uncut, there's a way for us to put... Um, information in here that is only for those who are holding that you'll be able to access information about the zoom meeting that we're going to have so go to badcrypto.uncut.network go over to the nfts here in the collectibles tab and uh, don't be sexist there's two queens left right you guys those are the only two queens i said i gotta put some queens in here they're gonna be mad at me and then nobody even goes out and buy them so maybe get one for your crypto girl Right, yeah. let, her, let her be involved with it or working on a pro basically the, the main value is the utility on this you get to sit down with us for what at least probably 90 minutes and chat yeah. ask questions about it and then you know what i'll even hook you up i'll give you my uh whatsapp or whatever you have any other additional questions you want to ping me or whatever i'll man i'll answer questions i'll have ideas on things joel has ideas on things so we want to necessarily help you out want to talk about what's going on We'll even probably teach you some really cool AI tools on how yeah. some of these things were even created and some other things that you want to know. You guys tell us what you want to know. We're going to build this out. Um, we've been doing this stuff for a long time. So all of our marketing experience and then just kind of playing with technologies and seeing what's next and how to work with them is really fun. So I tell you, tell you what, it will be worth at least the 0.02 ETH to get involved. So come jump on going to be a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun. So go grab those badcrypto.uncut.network and go to the NFTs to see the three remaining. You'll be able to join us for that. We appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for spreading the word about the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. We've been with you on two bull runs. We've been here through two bear markets. We're getting ready to enter the third bull now in our seven years. And if there's one thing that you should know is that you need to continue to stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.